Coaches, athletes, weekend warriors. Have you thought about recovery or regeneration? Today we oftentimes think in training about the stimulus we put on our body and the workload that we do to fatigue us daily, but we don't give enough to the recovery component. Simply Faster has numerous options to enhance your recovery in between the sessions of work that you put your body through daily. They have Theraguns, Normatic Regeneration Kits, and they're all cost-effective options. My athletes at my high school often use the Theragun in between intervals, race days, and training sessions. In the world we live in, it's hard to guarantee that we're going to get a doctor's visit. Simply Faster provides you the option where you don't have to be behind a paywall to get the care that you need with the equipment that they provide. So get yourself the regeneration and recovery that you need and level up. Simply Faster. Check it out. What's up, world? It's Ryan Banta back with you again. I put out a request out there for you guys to see um, what people really wanted me to talk about um, in my upcoming top five series and thinking about watching the wild card playoff games and just football in general and being in the deep part of the college MBA and high school basketball season, it really brought me to kind of the thought process of, you know, the value of a three sport athlete. As a track and field coach, we oftentimes get mixed up in the issue of, you know, wanting our kids to train all year round, running indoor or winter track for a club. And so this always becomes an issue um, because as coaches, we want our athletes to be around us as much as we can, and we want to get work done, and a lot of coaches are grinders. And Tony Holler had a really interesting perspective recently where he talked about, you know, coaches tend to be grinders. Coaches tended to be the ones that were pushing and working really hard in practice and stuff like that. And sprinters and sometimes some of your other athletes that are really, really talented are not that same type of person. And so naturally that creates a tension. And one of the things that I've also been a little bit more frustrated about recently being a high school teacher and a high school educator is the fact that like a lot of people want an athlete to specialize right away in high school. Oh, if I don't go to this club, if I don't play club volleyball, if I don't play club basketball, if I don't run indoor track, if I don't, you know, any of these things, if I don't play AAU or do AAU, I'm never going to be as good as I possibly could be. I'm missing out on all the other people who are playing that sport. Well, thankfully, recently, me and uh, a good friend of mine, Brian Guilfoyle, we started coaching together in cross country, and we blended both of our programs. And Brian happens to be the head girls coach in basketball. I happen to be the head girls coach in track. And we're both head coaches, respectively, boys cross country for him and girls cross country for me. And so what it's done is, you know, obviously our trust in each other has improved. And we now you know, kind of understand the goals of each other a little bit more. And we've had a lot of conversations. And now there's no doubt that we're really comfortable sharing our athletes. And uh, both of us have been very successful because of it. Um, his boys team, you know, went on to win the district title. His girls team is one of the top five teams in the St. Louis area for, for large uh, schools in basketball. My track team has won 11 district plaques, first or second in 11 out of the last 12 years. And so we've benefited from sharing those athletes by not saying, hey, instead of doing basketball, you should come out and run into a track or do winter conditioning. No, play basketball. And I'm going to give you guys five reasons why this is important to have a balanced athletic experience. The first one being when you do more sports when you're a young kid, it is a 
fact, because they've done lots of research on this, that the athletes who do more sports as a young person are way more physically resilient when they get older. What do I mean by that? I mean that they are more robust, that they can do more things, they're more skilled, but most importantly, they're way less likely to get hurt. Way less, because they're not just going in one direction, doing one thing over and over and over and over again. They move in all different planes of movement, up and down, back and forth, side to side, on various different surfaces, doing various different activities with different targeting, be it up above, below, at a goal, a goal up here, catching, running, jumping, backwards running, moving to the side, sports against impact, sports that require high focus and concentration and hand-eye coordination. It's really important that kids understand that. By doing one sport over and over, you're going to be more likely to get burnt out. Certain things are gonna get injured, certain things are gonna get hurt, certain things are gonna get banged up because you're doing repetitive movements over the same thing and facing a foe or an opponent under the same conditions all the time. It also wears on you mentally. I think actually one of the really cool things about a high school season specifically, because college obviously it's a little harder, you get scholarship dollars and things like that. But I think college coaches, especially football coaches, would really do themselves a good service by forcing their athletes to do track and field versus just, you know, worrying about spring football. They probably would have more robust athletic and better athletes. And oh, by the way, those athletes would be faster, which is really what everybody pays attention to anyway is game speed, right? That's what they always talk about when they rise to the NFL. Oh, the game got a lot faster when they rise to college football. The game got a lot faster, you know, and well, yeah, but it's also because you're physically faster too and you're facing opponents who are physically faster, not just big, not just somebody who ran around, you know, doing seven on seven all year round or, or playing at a bunch of football camps. You know, various different experiences help you become a better athlete, be more kinesthetically aware. And the more kinesthetically aware you are, the less likely you're going to have a catastrophic injury because when something in a football game or a soccer game or a basketball game or on the track happens when you're jumping into a sandpit and you land awkwardly or you move funny or you're fatigued, in that sport you may have never seen that before because it never presents itself except in those really rare one-off experiences. But in all of these different sports, they probably present those things on a regular basis. And as an athlete, the neurological aspects of that are things that you've learned and they kind of have some permanence to them. And so that helps you be more physically resilient because the muscles don't get overused, the joints don't get overused, your neurological network, so to speak, becomes much more clearly defined. Think about it like a spider web. If a spider works on its web and it's only working on one strand of its web all the time, that web could be really strong and really, really thick. But what if the spider needs to catch a fly over here? Or what if there's a rainstorm and that when there's water that just happens to hit that one aspect of that spider web, now the spider web's destroyed. But if you have a really detailed network of webbing where you can go in different directions and find the path of least resistance or the shortest distance between point A and point B, or you face catastrophe, you're probably going to be more resilient and you're going to be able to catch more flies and things that you need and you're going to be able to survive. And by the way, it's going to take less time for you to rebuild that spider web because the connection and travel points become much shorter, which if you think about how an athlete might get injured, an athlete with more various experience athletically is going to be able to recover a lot faster too. 
And these are all facts. I don't need to throw the data at you, research articles. You guys can go get it. My boy Malden, Jovanovich, has tons of information on that. Or you could ask a guy smarter than me, Dan Path, and he's going to tell you the same thing. All right. Number two, when you're doing a lot of sports, even when you're competing for a club, like if you play AAU basketball, there's still a lot of AAU basketball players or soccer players or wrestlers or volleyball players or track athletes that aren't competing in the offseason when club can get the athlete. The reality is, is that the high school season presents the highest amount of competition that you're going to face. Now, I know that you say, well, wait a second, I don't get to play. I'm the best player in my area. I'm the best track athlete in my state. There's no one that can challenge me. That's true in some cases. But what the deal is with this is that then you're challenged in different ways. If you're the best basketball player in the area, you still got to have four other players, no matter how good LeBron might be or Michael Jordan. I know we're really on that debate a lot, which, you know, MJ all day. But the reality is, is that they still needed other people. Jordan needed Pippen. You know, LeBron needed Dwayne Wade or Kyrie or someone else. You know, Kevin Love, and I know people hate on Kevin Love. He's a pretty good basketball player. But you needed someone else to, to help you. And you can learn from that experience. And being competitive provides different challenges. Even if you're the best athlete, you know, in your area, like if you're the best track and field athlete and you can win the two-mile, no problem, okay, well, then challenge yourself to get better at something in the regular season that will make you better at the end of the day. Learn how to run fast if you're a two-miler. Can you run a 400 meters? Can you run a good 800 meter? Maybe you drop down and run on a four-by-four. Not anything crazy that's going to get you hurt, but doing something that would challenge you that would help your main sport or your main event somewhere else. And so having those, always having different competitive experiences is really important. One of the best athletes we ever had as a young man is playing college basketball now. Uh, he's one of my good friend's uh, nephew, DeAndre Campbell. DeAndre Campbell is one of the best athletes we ever had. He's playing college basketball, but I thought he'd be a really good college football player. And oh, by the way, in one season of track and field, He's our school record holder in the javelin and was a state qualifier and played baseball for two years. So DeAndre Campbell spends very little time hurt because he's, he's because of the things we talked about in point one. But also, he's an incredible athlete that has constantly been challenged. So even outside of sport, all those competitive situations that he's put himself in will provide him knowledge and opportunities and experience that can help him in athletics and outside of athletics in the future. Point number three, the Soviets, and we know that they did a lot of other things besides just sports research, and so did the, uh, you know, Eastern Eastern Germany and stuff like that. But one of the things they, they researched that has a lot of value is this idea of the long-term development model for an athlete. So when you're young, kids should be doing lots of things and doing sports that require lots of skill. So with, with Isabel, when she was three years old, we put her right away into kitty gymnastics so that she could learn how to fall and jump and run around and have some balance and things like that. As she gets older, even though I want, you know, the coolest thing ever to be able to coach your kid and your kid be good at the thing that you coach. And she probably is going to be fast. She's got some genes and things that I had, and hopefully I can keep her healthy and learn from my mistakes and stuff like that. But that may not be what she wants to do. But if she does, great. 
but we're not going to focus on track and field or one sport until she's late, 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 late into high school, maybe until she's in college, if she's blessed enough to be a college athlete. And the reason why is I want her to have the most athletic experiences that she possibly can have so that when she does narrow that down, when she does focus on this highest end of competition, that she'll have all these skills in which she can call upon from all of these other sports and all of these uh, kinesthetic awareness and strength and resilience and mobility and joints and flexibility that, uh, you know, appropriate flexibility would owner be like Gumby. But she'll have all of those things so that when it comes time to be the best that you can be, she will be able to call upon all those things. Think about the best athletes, like the Hall of Fame athletes that you hear about. They always played other sports. You know, like if you think about Randy Moss, considered like one of the greatest receivers of all time. He was a hell of a basketball player. You know, the best uh, thrower we've ever had in school history. I mean, something as rudimentary as just boom, boom, you know, throwing the shot put like that, he's going to probably end up playing pro football. But what made him a really good football player, what made him a really good track and field athlete, and what made him actually a good basketball player too at 300-some-odd pounds and six-foot-plus in height, was the fact that Colin Saunders also was able to do gymnastics. The guy could play piano by ear. So, yeah, this is a talented person, but it's also a talented person who has been exposed to a lot of different things that at the end of the day, when, when he's an offensive lineman and he's – or defensive lineman, excuse me, and he's working on rhythm and ripping and swimming and punching and doing all this kind of stuff – He's done that with his hands. He knows how to be balanced. He knows how to support his weight on one hand flipping over his body because he's had that experience. So to me, and Colin Saunders is going to be in that uh, East-West College All-Star Senior Bowl game, watch out for him because he's going to do some seriously special things. And the reason why he's a great athlete is because he had various experience in multiple sports. So he's going to be really good at the high level because of that. Um, Another thing. As a coach, it's good for those athletes to get away from us. It's good for those athletes to spend time with other coaches. When we're talking about shepherding talent, if you're really good at what you do, you shouldn't be too worried about another coach within your building or in your club or within your academic community working with your athlete. Now, that's not to say that you want them to go out and do crazy things or somebody who's brand new, has no reputation with you or rapport with you. No, 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 no. Obviously, you still want to be smart. You don't want to just be ignorant to the fact of things that can that can happen and that can take place, obviously. But but when you do have a rapport with that with that coach and you do trust them and they have a good program, it's good for that athlete to be with that other coach because I could say something to that athlete every day And for some reason, the way I present the information, the way I'm cueing them with a word or a choice of a phrase, it may not click. But then this coach sees it from a different perspective, a different eye, looking for different things and different skill sets and strengths. And lo and behold, they end up fixing that problem. And now they level up. And they're a better athlete for you when they come to you. And they just keep leveling up. And that's kind of how you have to look at it, not to be beating the uh, track and field uh, symbolism to death, but it's kind of like a relay. And as coaches, we're a different person on each relay. We have a different leg on the relay. And the baton is the athlete. And we pass that athlete to the next coach. They pass that to the next coach. And eventually the baton comes back to you the next season. And now you have an athlete who's leveled up and up and up. 
and because they've seen things a little bit differently, they've had a different experience, that athlete is now better because of having those experiences. And what's really cool, if you have a good reputation with that coach and the athlete's wavering on whether they're going to do your sport or that they believe in what you're saying, if you have a good rapport with that coach, that coach will reinforce those things that that athlete may be questioning to the coach when they're not around you. And now you've got something really cooking there because you've got everybody on the same page and you're supporting each other. And if a coach does that for you, you better darn well do that for them as mo as much as you can. And if you feel like something's making you really question whether you can really support something that's going on in the program, you got a good rapport with that coach. You can go talk to him and say, Hey man, athlete came to me. We're talking about this. Just wanted to make you aware. Wanted to know your thoughts about that. You know, and so there's so much there with having another coach being there and having that athlete be in another sport. That is a really good value. All right, last thing, and this is really even more so just for the athletes themselves. When you do these multiple sports, you are forced to interact with different coaches, different fans, different opponents, different teammates. And what that does is it expands your social network. And I'm not talking about fake friends on Instagram, hashtag blessed you know, living my best life, no filter. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about having real flesh and blood relationships with people. And you can call on those relationships because you and I both know if we've had any experience and we've lost our hair, we've lived long enough to know that um, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And by knowing a lot of people, opportunities present themselves. You know, maybe you thought, oh, I'm going D1 in tennis. And you find out that, you know, you're a really, really good diver. And now you might want to be a diver in college because for some reason it's just an untapped skill and you thought you'd try it out. Now that coach who's a diver doesn't see that you've dove your entire life. They've seen you played tennis, maybe you played volleyball, maybe you ran track and did track and field. And all of a sudden that coach is now recruiting a multi-sport athlete. And you know what the college coach thinks? The college coach thinks, oh, this athlete hasn't even maximized themselves. They've done other sports. So they have a lot to gain. They've probably not even come anywhere near tapping into their potential. And look at what a great athlete they happen to be. They play all these sports and they're really good at it. Wow, I could really make something of this person. And every college coach who's worth his salt thinks like that because they think they can make you better. So leverage that. Leverage that. But more importantly, you're going to be a bigger part of your community, too. So not only is your social network going to expand, not just not only are who you know is going to help you out, not only is the various athletic experience going to present a bigger athletic resume for you when other coaches want to recruit you, but also you're a bigger part of the community, which means you're going to have a much bigger impact on the school or the academic community or the sports program that you're a part of. And you never know which one of those teammates, friends, opponents, and coaches may make a huge difference in your life when you have to call upon them for a letter of recommendation for a college or a phone recommendation for a job or just the fact that they can speak to your athleticism and your ability from a different point of view. Some of the best coaches might not even be the best writers. They may not have the best network. And so having these other coaches and other people at play just maximizes your opportunities to have a better experience at the next level, if it be college, if it be pro, you know, think about that. And so there is a lot to be learned 
from those relationships and experiences. And by having a bigger network, you can't go wrong. So there is a lot of value in being a three-sport athlete. Don't doubt it. Don't forget it. Don't be one of those people that falls into the specialization trap. Now, with all that said, it doesn't mean that eventually you won't specialize. It doesn't mean that eventually you're going to need to focus on things and have some things become a priority. Of course they will. And also don't make the mistake of thinking that, well, because I'm a three-sport athlete, I've got to feed all of these uh, you know, these systems and all of these sports at the same time. No, at each different season, that sport that you are in season with becomes a priority. And that doesn't mean that that coach isn't going to help facilitate things for you or anything like that. If a good coach is that way, they'll facilitate it for you. I try my very best to be as much of a facilitator as I can. So if a kid's got to come late, leave early, maybe miss a day for a for a spotlight classic clinic or a tournament or something like that, or miss a, a, a track meet, I can do that. And as a track and field coach, there is ways that you can do that because it's not the same thing as a true blue team ball sport. Okay. But try as coaches, try to be the yes man as, as instead of the no man. And I don't mean, you know, roll over and take it and be a pushover. Just try to be as much of a yes as you can be without sacrificing your program in, in the process. And then as an athlete, do your best to try to be able to be a part of these programs as much as you possibly can. So that way you can have continued success and you're going to get a lot out of it for all the things I just told you. So try to make it where you can do your best to be around there and to be a part of that too so that you can enjoy the, pro the process. And you never know how many teams you're going to help. And the most important thing is you're going to make a ton of memories that you'll never, ever, ever forget. And you only have so much time to be an athlete. And you only have so much time to represent a community that you've been a part of since you were five or six years old. That's something really special. And I don't want you guys to give that up too soon. And coaches, I don't want you to give up on those athletes either. There's a lot of good reasons for us to be able to share to promote the three-sport athlete. We should kind of worship at the altar of this three-sport athlete because they're a dying breed, but they're a very important figure in your program. All right, guys, I love you. I hope you enjoyed this video. Put your comments below, share with your friends, um, and if you got something you want me to talk about, please let me know. I'm probably going to do a five most important books coaches can read. That's probably one I'm going to do, and then I'm going to do a preview uh, for our actual high school track and field team uh, coming up here. So you guys really want to kind of know who's in my program and what we got going on this year. It should be kind of a fun one to kind of hear about my kiddos and do kind of an ESPN version of my uh, track and field program. All right, guys, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Go Colts.